Happiness Breakthrough and the Happiness Dude Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Leonard, your host, and I am so excited that you're here. In each of these episodes, we will talk about happiness, we're going to talk about leadership, we're going to talk about getting stuff done and productivity. Whatever it is, we are here to serve you, to help you get to that next level in life. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and if you do, please share it with your friends. Well, hi everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Mark Leonard. I am the happiness dude and also the founder of the happiness breakthrough. But I, you know, interesting thing was happening. I was looking through some pictures earlier today and um, I came across a picture from August of 2014. And, and I, um, I shared that. I shared that earlier. It was actually August 27th 2014 it was me laying in a hospital bed and I was really thinking about life today and I thought I'd share a little bit about my story a little bit about why that picture of me in that hospital bed as I was preparing for major lung surgery was and is so important to me see it actually started several years previous to that I was on a uh, business trip out to Germany and when I, while there I got pretty sick uh, wasn't a big shocker because the guy I was uh, with on the business trip uh, he got really really sick as well and uh, you know I got home and I thought oh not a big deal I go to the doctor and the doctor does uh, an x-ray and I remember I remember him coming back into the room and um, he said you know Mark I I hate to tell you this, but we found something on your x-ray. I thought, pneumonia? And he goes, no, uh, we, we found a spot on your lung. And he showed me the x-ray and it just looked like a, like a, a circle, just a, just a dark circle on this x-ray. And I uh, thought, wow, all right, what does this mean? And he sends me up to Huntsman Cancer Institute up in Salt Lake City, Utah. We were living in Utah at the time. And and they uh, they looked at it and they said, whoa, uh, I don't know what this is, but you, you shouldn't have a tumor like this in your lungs. They ran a whole bunch of tests and and they ended up doing a biopsy on it. And and I was I was actually told at the time that I had lung cancer. Boy, what a Christmas. What a Christmas, right? To to try to celebrate the happiest time of year and to be diagnosed with lung cancer. And I remember, I remember that year that our, our church congregation came together and they were saying prayers on my behalf. And <clears throat> I remember feeling something. I was, I was really feeling something that, that I didn't expect to feel. Um, I was feeling the power of God in my life, and that was that was really eye-opening to me through everyone's prayers. I don't know, three weeks later, uh, they came back and said, well, the good news is you don't have lung cancer. Uh, bad news is we don't know what it is. And I went, okay, well, how is this going to affect my life? And they just said, hey, just keep coming back, and if it changes, we'll, we will reassess and figure out what we need to do. Um, so yay, I have lung cancer. Yay. No, now I don't. And then from there it went into, um, kind of years back and forth of, of, okay, what, what do I have in my lung? 
And long story short, or shorter, when uh, when we were we had moved to Florida, and we went back to uh, to Utah to go visit family, and I got sick while I was there, and I thought, well, that's great because. I can go to my old doctor and I went into my doctor and of course they, you know, they did x-rays and he came back and I remember the look on his face. Um, he said, the tumor is bigger. Um, in fact, it's, it looks like it's growing and you need to get up to Huntsman Cancer Institute and, and have this looked at right away. And while I was, I was absolutely shocked, right? Because you know, A, I mean, I was already told I had cancer and then I don't, but now I'm being told actually that that I do have lung cancer and that the tumor was growing. Um, they ran some tests on it and, and they said it was metabolically active. Now, I was living in Florida at the time and it was amazing. I, you know, I he told me I need to get in right away and, and what I did was, you know, I called up to the pulmonologist and said, hey, you know, I'm a pretty happy guy, right? I'm all, hey, um... I've got this tree, I've got this thing in my lung, and, and I think I need to get it looked at. And uh, I, I was told that it's growing. <laughs> it's amazing how quick you can get into a very busy pulmonologist when, when you have something in your lung that's growing. And uh, they you know, rushed me in for another um, biopsy. By the way, uh, I woke up during this biopsy and it's a terrible feeling to have a whole bunch of tubes down your throat and into your lung with a camera and with a needle and all that when they uh, am waking up. And I, and I remember I remember the very clearly <laughs> the, the, the anesthesiologist was like, just breathe, just breathe. You are choking me with with these things. I, I like my, my mouth is taped open. I, you know, they got things down my throat and they're all just breathe, breathe normally. I, how, do, how do you breathe normally in pressure situations, right? Um, but uh, they did that biopsy and, and they said, you know, once again, it, it looks like cancer and you need to have this taken out. So they sent me to a lung surgeon uh, well, to a surgeon who specializes in uh, in the lung, um, and uh, he was just so great. And they said, "Okay, well, this would be great. All we're going to do is we're going to put three little holes in you, laparoscopic, and we'll just go in and we'll find out what it is, and we'll, you know, we'll just snip it out, and you'll be fine. Worst case scenario, you'll lose your lung, but that's not going to happen." So fast forward just uh, two short weeks, and here it is, August 27th, 2014. And they, um, I'm laying there, and, you, and for those of you that saw the picture, um, I'm laying there, and I'm just, I've got my, you know, saying I love you to my wife. I've got the sign language of, oh, I love you. And, and in that moment, I was thinking, Man, all I want, all I want is to be able to play with my children and my grandchildren. All I want is to be able to, to mow the lawn. If, if, if you know me, 
I despise yard work. Um, I believe in hiring young men, young women in the neighborhood, giving them an opportunity and paying them <laughs> uh, to, to be industrious. I despise yard work. But in that moment, I, I, all I wanted to do was mow the lawn, right? All I wanted to do was, was get back to normal because in my profession, I use my voice and they were telling me that the likelihood at this point of me losing one or two lobes of the three on the right hand side of my lung was really high, really high. And, uh, and I was asking, I said, well, will I ever be able to you know, hike, hike in the mountains with my kids and grandkids? And I said, well, probably not. You, you may have an oxygen tank. An oxygen tank? What? I'm gonna be on an oxygen tank? I remember that moment pleading, pleading with my Heavenly Father. Please, please, I promise, I promise I will be better, right? Right, you know, you know, you know those prayers that you have when 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 you just feel like everything's crashing down and you're just grasping onto anything that you could find. Well, I was pleading with God, please let me be able to, to do, do my work. I promise I will live the rest of my life with this, with this vigor, with this energy, with going out and serving and helping people. I promise I will be a better husband. I promise I'll be a better dad. I promise I will do whatever it takes. Please save me, save my lung. Wow, sorry, crying here. Um, well, I was supposed to go into surgery at something like seven or 7.30 in the morning. Nine rolls around, 10, 11, 12, 2, 4. And they're finally ready to take me back at the very end of the day. And, and after my deep heart felt, felt prayers of pleading, I finally came to the conclusion that whatever happens, I'll just make the best of it. If I have to be on an oxygen tank, if I have to... Uh, lose my lung, then we'll figure it out. And my wife is amazing. For those of you that know Becky, I have a picture of her sleeping just before that surgery as I'm laying there all hooked up to these machines and she's laying there with her head on my chest, sleeping, exhausted. It's one of my favorite pictures. It's tender. But um, she's amazing. She, she just says, I, whatever happens, Mark, I will support. We will figure this out. And that's, and that's how she's approached life. We will figure this out, whatever it is. And um, cool story. So they go in for my surgery. The three, the three holes, right? 
Well, I don't know any of this because I'm knocked out. But I got the story later. And evidently, what they had done is they had they had put the three holes and they put these really cool robotic arms into my chest cavity. And they they had um they had you know one thing that was like scissors that would cauterize or, or would cut, another another thing that would cauterize, you know, the bronchial tubes, the veins, the arteries, all that that were feeding that lung, and then they would deflate it and just pull it out. That's what they, the doctor said he was sitting there with his finger on the trigger. But they did one last biopsy. And this one came back as lymphoma. So they had to do something different. So they rolled me over and they, and they cut up. 12 inch incision in the in my back and they went in they they separated my lungs and went in and they were able to snip part of the uh, lung away and and then all of a sudden what they noticed is that that tumor was actually not in my lung see when a tumor if this was your lung wall on the side, if, if a tumor is pushing up against it hard enough, it causes the lung to wrap around it. And when it wrapped around like that, when you take a picture from the top, a PET scan, a CAT scan, it makes it look like that tumor was inside my lung. Well, guess what? It wasn't. So if that doctor had pushed that button and deflated my lung, he would have found what was left was a tumor. But he was prompted, he was inspired to reassess, to step back for a moment. And he did it differently. And guess what? They took that tumor out. Uh, three days later, they came back and said, now, mind you, I've been diagnosed with lung cancer three times and now lymphoma. They came back and said, great news, you don't have lymphoma. And I'm thinking, boy, this roller coaster has been crazy. To be diagnosed four times with cancer, to find out that no, you don't have it. So then what is it? And you said, you have what's called Castleman's disease. Now I won't go into the big science behind it, but just let it suffice to say that on the scale of really common, like the common cold, to rare, to really rare, this is in the really, really rare area. Um, what had happened was there was one other person in Central Florida that had Castleman's disease. And the radiologist and the techs, when they were looking at my biopsy, were able to identify it. And it actually looks just like and acts just like lymphoma. The treatment is actually the same as well. Um, but I, I didn't have cancer. I now had Castleman's. They sewed me back up and after a couple weeks, I was able to go home. But I was stuck to a chair. I couldn't hardly breathe. It, I was in so much pain constantly that it was unbearable. But I did it. I made it. I survived. And as I look at myself today, Five years later, five years from yesterday, and I go, look at how far I've come. 
Look at how far I have come. I have overcome the most major, one of the most major biggest challenges in our life, being diagnosed with cancer multiple times, going through major lung surgery, to having absolutely no feeling in part of my body because of the surgery. Look at how far I have come. I have a question. If you could look at your future five years down the road and say, wow, if I could just overcome whatever it is that's attacking you. And by the way, we're all going through it. We all have something, a sickness, an illness, a death in the family, a loss of a job, a loss of income, worry, fear, anxiety, depression, uh, trying to start a business, the stress. We all have something. Every single one of us. There's not anyone that's impervious to it. It's amazing. But yet when we drive down the street, we think that we're the only ones. You're not. You're not alone. Imagine if you could look down the road and say, in five years, I can be stronger. What if in five years, you could achieve your biggest, hairiest, scariest goal? Would you start today or would you give up because five years is too much of a commitment? What if I told you that you can do it? You can do it. Change is hard. Change takes time. Change is painful. But if you stick to it, if you're consistent with it, it will you'll be able to overcome. You know, as as a as a high performance coach, as someone that helps authors, that helps politicians, that helps business owners, that helps people grow their businesses. Uh, I, I have one lady where we're in the process of building her business from $40,000 a month to, to, you know, her goal was 80,000 within three weeks, we got her to 60. So, so now her goal is 120, uh, you know, as someone that is just helping someone break through and go after those BHAGs, right? Those big hairy goals. If you could knew that you could do it and not fail, Why aren't you doing it? What's holding you back? Shake off, shake off those things that are holding you back because you have the power, you have the ability. I've gone through hell and back and so have you. And guess what? We are where we are today and we have a decision to make today. Are we going to allow our past, are we going to allow our surgeries? Are we gonna allow our tragedies? Are we gonna allow the abuses? Are we gonna allow the self-negative talk to hold us back? Or are we gonna start again today to move forward? Because that's what we're here to do, to start over, to be renewed, to try something again. I had someone ask me, and they said, wow, Mark, you're so successful. This is one of my clients recently asked me, Mark, you are so successful. She puts me up in the, the same level of success as Tony Robbins, as Brendan Bouchard, as Dean Graciosi, right? I have impacted her life so much that it has been this life-altering change for her. 
She said, wow, look at, look, you don't know what it's like to be where I am. And it was in that moment that I realized I've done a big disservice to her and to you. I have overcome, but I'm not a final piece of art. I'm not done yet. You're not either. Don't be done. Don't hold yourself back. You can go after that goal. You can overcome those things in your life, especially, especially if you have a coach. The CEO and founder of one of the largest coaching institutions, Soar, he said just last week, I could not get to where I am without my coach. Tony, right? Anthony Robbins. Tony Robbins, he has a coach. Brendan Bouchard has a coach. Jarrett Ingram has a coach. Dr. Mark Leonard has a coach. I am coached. Why? Because I'm not done growing. I'm not done improving. I'm not done getting to my final destination. You know why? Because I'm breathing and you're breathing. So you still have life. You still have a chance. You still have an opportunity to grow. If there's anything that you could get out of this today, it is we all have crap, but there are things that we can hold on to that strengthen us. I, I am strengthened by my friends. I am strengthened by my relationships with my wife and my children. I am strengthened by my relationship with my Heavenly Father. I am strengthened by recognizing that I'm not done. You're not done either. Don't give up. Do not give up. You are worth it. Do not give up. Go and make the difference today. If you need a coach, go find one. And by the way, if you're breathing, you need a coach. That's how this works. I have a fitness coach, and that's what has helped me lose 25 pounds this year. And I'm not done. I have a life coach, a performance coach, that has helped me get to that next level. I have a mentor that I reach out to and had a great conversation with him yesterday. I am not done. You are not done. Everyone needs someone to hold their hand, to see, help them see the world differently. Because thank goodness that surgeon saw the world differently. Before he hit the button to explode my lung, he saw something different. He saw a new chance, a new opportunity. You have that new chance and that new opportunity too. Don't give up on you. You are worth it. I want to be your coach because I'm passionate about seeing you change. Call me and let me or one of my coaches help get you to break through to that new level, to that new height. If you need fitness, if you need life, if you need executive coaching, if you need something to get you to that next level, I am here. I know the path. I've walked the path and you have walked the path. Let's walk it together to be even more successful. I'm Dr. Mark Leonard, the founder of The Happiness Dude and The Happiness Breakthrough, where we are on a mission to raise the world's happiness one person at a time. Let's overcome our surgeries. Let's overcome our challenges and rise up because a rising tide lifts all 
ships. Go get it done, you guys. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you ever need help with productivity, with setting goals, with getting to the next level in your life or business, please go over to thehappinessbreakthrough.com where you can sign up for our goal strategy sessions, individual coaching, or even group coaching. We would love to help you get to that next level and have you achieve your full potential.